Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector with Inspectech. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, Denise, Lori, and Carrie are great people to talk with. To find them, just visit the CFAX 1070 website, look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. Their contact information is there, or you can always find me online or on social media. Uh, I, of course, am a 27-year, I have to think about this for a minute, 27-year veteran here, uh, a realtor in Greater Victoria, born and raised. Uh, I'm happy to help you as well if you have any thoughts about buying or selling in the near future. Happy to give you a second opinion. On June 15th of this year, the Real Estate Council of BC, which is the governing body of real estate conduct, is implementing sweeping changes with the primary objective of protecting the general public. What are those changes and how will they affect you as a consumer when you're buying or selling real estate after June the 15th? Our guests today on this topic are Michael Ziegler, who's the managing broker at Newport Realty, and Kyle Kerr, president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. We'll start our show with our usual weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or find us online again, www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on air. I received an email from Chelsea this week. Uh, Actually, two questions. Uh, The first one, how much do I need to disclose about the condition of my house? Uh, Great question. We haven't had this one yet, Chelsea. Uh, For most people who have transacted in real estate in the last 25 years or so, you'd be familiar with something called the Property Condition Disclosure Statement. And that is a form that every seller needs to complete. It asks questions to the best of their knowledge about the condition of the house. Are they aware of any issues with uh, any structural issues, any uh, heating problems, any problems with moisture in the crawl space or basement, any infestation by insects or rodents? A number of questions like that. Uh, Homeowners are to complete this, or actually, let me just clarify this here. Homeowners are to sign this form and or to answer the questions to the best of their knowledge. The reason why I brought that up, by the way, is every once in a while, if it is an estate sale where somebody has very limited knowledge or no knowledge at all about a property, of course, they won't be able to disclose any condition about the house. It is a requirement simply at the real estate board that the form is signed, even if it is blank. But to get back to your question, uh, Chelsea, how much do you need to disclose? Uh, I would suggest you disclose everything you know about the house, uh, specifically anything having to do with what they call uh, material latent defects. What a latent defect is, is a defect uh, that could be harmful uh, or problematic um, to occupants in a property. Uh, To give an example, for instance, if a homeowner knew about the fact that uh, one of the structural beams in their house uh, was compromised or rotted, but it would be impossible for a reasonable inspector to determine. Like you get a building inspector, they're not Superman. They don't have x-ray eyes. They can only uh, visually see or inspect uh, you know, what technology allows them to. In cases like that, the owner is obligated to disclose 
these material-latent defects. Uh, I guess at the end of the day, Chelsea, what you want to do is make sure that any issues you have with the house you are disclosing to a buyer because the last thing you want is for that person to purchase your house, move in, and find out afterwards that you did not disclose uh, issues that you knew about with the house. We hear cases like this happen uh, on occasion where uh, uh, court cases happen afterwards. People get sued for not having disclosed. Um, there's an example that I can think about. Uh, a family member of mine, before I got into real estate, had purchased a house, uh, moved in, uh, there was a drainage issue because the storm drains uh, were plugged. Uh, the uh, owner had promised them that there was no issues with the house. But, of course, when he called the uh, uh, drainage company to come by and clean up, uh, the drainage company said, Hey, I remember that house. I used to come there every year. So uh, there you go. It's always best to, to disclose or correct uh, any major issues so that they don't come back to bite you later. Uh, the second question that you had, Chelsea, was uh, should I include appliances when you sell? Well, I will leave that to your realtor, the agent that you have listing your property. Uh, let them give you the advice in that area. I can't tell you that most of the time uh, properties, uh, appliances are included in a sale of a property, uh, specifically if it is a, a home with, for instance, very specialized appliances that may only fit that kitchen space. Uh, but again, I, I would leave that to your agent to, uh, to advise. Uh, most of the time they will be there. Thanks for your questions. Uh, and again, if any of the listeners have a question they'd like us to answer on air, the number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. And now it's time for our homeowner tip from one of our sponsors. Today we have Denise Webster, our mortgage broker extraordinaire with Dominion Lending Services, Modern Mortgage Group. Denise, thanks for coming on the air. Hi, Tony. Thanks uh, for having me again. Uh, yeah, you bet. So what is your home tip for the week for our listeners? Well, I kind of did this a little bit before, but I want to elaborate on the credit a little bit. Um, I would love to explain what the five C's of credit are. The five C's of the credit. The letter C. Okay. Yeah, this is kind of how we uh, our, our credit is assessed. So if you can kind of grab these five things and keep them on mind, that's how you'll improve your credit score or just understand how the lenders are looking at your credit. So the first C is the capacity. So it's really what they're looking at is your ability to repay the loan, um, looking at your income, how much you make, and whether your employment history is consistent. Mm -hmm. So that's your capacity to pay the loan. Uh, the ne next one is the capital, meaning um, do you have the money for the you know your down payment, um, uh, wondering if you're going to still have some money left in the bank. They want to know that you know you haven't depleted all your savings to make your purchase. They would like to see that there's a little bit of a cushion there. Mm -hmm. So looking at your capital. Um, the character. Do you have good character? Are you paying your credit cards and your lines of credit on time? What does your score look like? Um, what are your habits? Other, yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Have you had some late payments? What kind of financial obligations do you have? How many credit cards are you paying each month? So that's kind of a little bit about your character. And then collateral, um, that's the property. they got to look at the property you're buying. That's really important too. Um, you know, if there's some big issues with the, you know, their roof is caving in or there's a big crack in the foundation, they've got to make sure they're securing the loan against a very good collateral. Yeah, they're not going to um, want to invest in something that is problematic, right? No, not at all. So. Again, you and I have talked about this before, even doing a pre-approval for your buyer, at the end of the day, the lender also has to like the property that you're looking at. Got it. And the last five uh, C the, of your credit is the conditions. 
So they're also going to look at the time of the market itself. What does the local housing market look like? Um, if there was a foreclosure in the scenario, is this house going to be easily sold? Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of need to know in your marketplace, you know, look at Victoria, Vancouver, Toronto right now. They know that kind of marketplace is hot right now. But conditions are really important as well, the market conditions. Yeah, yeah, because they they would consider a a slow moving or or dead marketplace very differently than something like Vancouver or Toronto or Victoria, right? Exactly. Yep. Right. And and if you can just stress to buyers, you know, the most important thing is uh, is a risk assessment. That's what lenders are looking at when they're looking at your mortgage application. Yeah, you know, the first two things that you brought up, capacity and capital, uh, you know, those are two things that uh, people were getting away with in the states when their market collapsed. That's what Bingo. happened. That's mm-hmm. what happened with the marketplace and why it Canada remained stable, and uh, the states uh, uh, had a dump in 2008, right? Exactly. Yeah, because banks didn't care. They didn't care about your capacity. They didn't care nope, about your they capital. Kind of over, they overlooked it, didn't they? Yeah, whereas our banking system has always been pretty secure, and that's the reason why we're still here, right? Yeah, thank yeah. goodness. Yeah, well, thanks, Denise. Uh, of course, people need to reach you. How can they do, how can they do that? Um, call me directly on my cell phone, 250-889-4743, or send me an email to uh, Denise at denisewebster.com. Yeah, so quick question here, Denise. How are you feeling about the marketplace right now? How are things um, going? I'm, actually, I'm still seeing quite a bit of activity. Uh, we've had a big rush with some of these rate uh, wars that are going on right now. So we've had a lot more refinances coming through while we've seen some really good rates just pop up for the month of May. Um, but I am actually still seeing these competitive offers. Yeah, uh, really think- depends on the price point. Like there are certain house price points that are still white hot right now, right? Absolutely. We're just, uh, I think you could echo this, but the supply is still pretty short. So when that right house is popping up, there's still more buyers looking at, you know, the same property. So I've, I have had a few of my clients in multiple offered situations, not getting their bid. They are being overbid by quite a bit still. But like you said, it just depends on which part of the market they're looking at. That's great, Victoria, for you. Well, Denise, thanks for coming on the line. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. Great. We're going to take a break. Back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We are facing some changes in the real estate industry. As of June the 15th, the Real Estate Council of British Columbia is causing sweeping changes that will affect the way that realtors do business on a daily basis, and it will also affect you as consumers when you're thinking of buying or selling real estate. With me right now in the studio is the current president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Kyle Kerr. Kyle, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Tony. Uh, Kyle, for the listeners here, tell us about why we're here. Why would uh, a government, it was the previous government actually, why would the government, um, first of all, uh, take... uh, power away from the real estate industry and cause uh, the real estate council to make these sweeping changes. Give us a backstory. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll try to keep it short and kind of the cold. <laughs> it's notes. a long one. Yes. <laughs> but I guess we'd have to go back to probably the end of 2015, if, if listeners can remember. Uh, the big story that came out was through the Globe and Mail, and that was uh, a brokerage in Vancouver, New Coast Realty, uh, which was found to have been what the media called shadow flipping, which of course is something that doesn't exist, but what it was was assignments that were happening without the seller's consent and knowledge, and they were being done for a profit. And uh, yeah, so, act, yeah. so basically, what it is is somebody sold their house, right? Like any normal person, as we would sell, right? But in behind that, the buyer, for instance, if somebody's buying my house, yep. the buyer would sell the contract to another buyer. 
and make a profit. Correct. And that could happen a few times, whereas me, at the end of the day, I was the original seller. I only sold for what I sold for the first person. That's correct. Person. Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, but assignments are, and anyone listening that understands assignments, assignments happen all the time in business for various different reasons. Businesses, vehicles, uh, and real estate, it happens. Um, and in, in a market that was rising very quickly, uh, there was a brokerage that was taking advantage of that, and you know a lot of investigation ensued. Um, Michael Ziegler, who we'll be, you'll be talking to after, can probably fill in a little bit more with his time sitting around the real estate council. Yes. Um, but when that story hit, uh, at the time, of course, we were leading up to a provincial election. Uh, the BC Liberals at the time were trying to make sure that they had as much political power as possible to say that they were doing something with the housing market. So, you know, um, Christy Clark went up, said that, you know, the real estate industry could not, uh, you know, handle some of the situations that were happening. And what she did was she struck uh, first the independent advisory group, which was a group of professionals look to look at the whole regulatory regime and structure of real estate and find any issues and make recommendations. At the same time, uh, she took the Real Estate Council, which was a um, self-regulated industry, it was most of the people sitting around council were appointed from the industry, um, and that was changed to a government-appointed council, as well as creating a dedicated superintendent of real estate. Uh, previously, uh, the the function of the superintendent of real estate was rolled into FICOM, financial services, and so there wasn't as much of a dedication to the real estate industry. So those were kind of the main three changes that happened right away. Uh, the beginning of 2016, the independent an advisory group was uh, set and then later in 2016 they released their report which had about 28 recommendations uh, from everything from fine structure to managing broker oversight uh, but the main one that we're going to talk about today is the removal of limited dual agency except in very rare circumstances. All right so for for listeners to understand uh, d- describe what limited dual agency is. Limited dual agency is when you have one agent who is working under a full agency relationship. So that means they have been working with that client. Uh, they have given them advice. They have you know an, a full existing agency relationship, and they're trying to work on behalf of two different parties. So, so it, for instance, a seller. So working for the seller. Correct. And then all of a sudden has a buyer for that house, for instance. So that single agent is uh, working for both parties. That's correct. And the other situation where that can come up and, you know, the, the, the more brisk market we've had over the last couple of years is if the agent has two buyers who are interested in the same property. Yeah. So that same situation can come up. And, and under agency, uh, your your realtor has a set of duties, you know, confidenti- uh, duty of confidentiality to work in your best interests and solely in your best interests um, and to promote to promote your best interests. But in that and that's situ- hard to do when, when you are representing either uh, the buyer and the seller or two people who are competing for the same house. That's correct. Yes. So the, currently we have, we have been allowed that the realtor with the consent of both parties, that it must always be discussed, the, both parties have to consent to their realtor acting in that limited capacity. And if, and if a seller or buyer didn't want that, then they'd be happy to go work with another professional. Um, but the government has looked at that and through the recommendations of the IAG report that they feel that this is too inherent of a conflict and they would like to remove that capacity. Well, you know, when you think about it, the law profession. Lawyers do not work on both sides of a transaction. For the most part, yes. I know sometimes even personally with some of my clients, sometimes the the lawyer in, in say, a a straight conveyance situation, transferring title, um, some lawyers, I believe, can maybe in a very simple transaction, but generally the advice is to work with two separate parties. Yeah. Um, What do you think this will mean for consumers when it comes to no more limited dual agency? I, I think in, a, in an area like Victoria, where we have a large urban center, 1,370 agents, I feel like a lot of consumers will know a second agent. I think the challenges will be when 
you hire a list agent, and this is what we've heard from some consumers already, is if someone hires me because I'm a specialist in a certain neighborhood and they've hired me because of my expertise, my contact list, they're hiring me because they're hoping that I have a buyer. Mm-hmm. They're saying, you know well, a lot well, of that's, people. That's really what it is. Like Because we, the three of us in this room know as practicing realtors, generally speaking, when somebody hires us to sell their house, their expectation is we would have buyers. We're going to bring buyers to the table. Uh, correct. I just had this conversation with one of my one of my clients the, last week over lunch. He said, you know, and I had to explain to him that after June 15th, I can't even bring my own clients to the property that I would have to refer them out. And he had a bit of a head scratch and he said, well, you know, I've hired you because you're, you know, a great agent and you know a lot of people and you have a lot of clients. And so, so that situation is definitely one where I think a consumer sometimes will feel like, well, am I hiring this person then just from a marketing capacity? You know, I want them to be there for, the, for those reasons. Well, and that's the big question that we'll touch on uh, in a little bit here, why is somebody hiring an agent? Because if they're not doing so to try to tap into buyers from that agent anymore, what is the purpose of hiring them? We're going to cover that. We're, we're in this studio right now with Kyle Kerr. Kyle is the president of the Victoria Real Estate Board. I forgot to mention as well, too, Kyle has been licensed for eight years now uh, in Victoria. He's an, an award-winning realtor. Uh, he is on my team. Very happy to have him. Um, he's been with us for some time. Kyle, by the way, too, I looked at your um, your history. You've been on 24 committees since being at the real estate board. Did you know that? <laughs> is that how many it's been now? The, yeah. It is. Yeah. And I was really impressed now. I've been on 43, but I've been at it longer than you. I don't even know how many Michael's been on. I don't, I'm not sure if uh, we Michael took records al- that Michael long. always wins. That's right. Um, so again, talking about uh, limited dual agency, uh, you did mention though that there are still uh, potential abilities for limited dual agency, but that's only if what? Uh, right now, the language that we have from the superintendent and from council, which is interpreting the rules, is that it will be in very remote circumstances where it is trying to un, 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 unavailable for another representative to be able to represent them. So in very remote communities, northern BC, some of the remote Gulf Islands, potentially. But the, the process that we have and some of those remote areas are having a hard time with is it's, it's an application type situation where you have to fill out paperwork, explain why you can't. Uh, why you have to represent these two parties in limited dual agency, and that has to be submitted to the council. So I think uh, I you know, feel very heartfelt for those areas that are very remotely served. Uh, I believe it's 31% of the province is served in communities that only have five realtors or less. So we have to think about that. And, and dual agency can come up in many different ways. It's not always that if I have an active client, um, it is someone who could be a past client that I have a lot of confidential information about. I might know their motivations. And so that could create a conflict where, again, myself as a list agent, I might not. I might have to act in a limited duel because of previous relationships. Yeah, so the, the word in, the, um, in the, the new rules here is impracticable impracticable yes there we go. so so that's uh, that's a new one uh anyways kyle kerr uh you're not leaving us yet because we're gonna have a conversation with michael ziegler in a moment okay. uh the real estate board uh of course uh serves the um realtors of greater victoria consequently serves the public as well too uh the real estate board's uh, contact information uh yes you can reach the board our website is www.vreb.org and the phone number there is 250-385-7766 now you've been in the uh, on a show many times before and we've talked about this as well there are avenues for consumers if they uh were not happy with their transaction their real estate board is there to answer those calls that's correct yes we have a manager of professional standards that you can contact at any time and also the real estate council 
console, their website, recbc.ca. Uh, they have information there as well that if you wanted to make a complaint at the provincial level too. Yeah, for all our listeners, I'm going to put the links uh, for all of these resources on the CFAX website so that uh, you can go visit yourself. Uh, but we're having a conversation today about council rules in real estate and how things are changing as of june the 15th we're going to take a break and when we come back we're going to have a conversation with michael ziegler managing broker with newport realty now the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 Hi there, thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectech. Feel free to look any of them up if you're looking for advice on home inspection, mortgages, and home insurance. And, of course, if you're looking for help in real estate, we'd be happy as happy to help as well, too. I've been serving Victorians here since 1991, and my team, the prime real estate team at REMAX Camosun, are here to serve. We're talking today about changes that are happening in the rules of real estate as of June the 15th, and more specifically, how they will affect you, the consumer. Uh, with me in the studio right now is our next guest, Michael Ziegler. Michael, thanks for coming. My pleasure. Now, listen, I have to do an introduction to you here because people need to know uh, who they're listening to, and, and I'm going to give the short version because it's long. Uh, Go ahead. You were, you've been licensed since 1975. Uh, and you followed in the footsteps of your parents, Lorraine and Eric. Uh, you are not only the managing broker of the local firm, Newport Realty, but you've also been heavily involved in local, provincial, and national levels of organized real estate. You've had the privilege of being the past president of the Canadian Real Estate Association. You are an honorary life member of the Canadian Real Estate Association, past chair of the Real Estate Council of British Columbia, You've served as a director at the Victoria Real Estate Board, as Kyle and I have. You've also played a fundamental role, role in the change to designated agency back in 2000 and, uh, uh, yeah, 2004, 2005, and all the changes that have happened ever since. So you are deep into this whole um, change in real estate rules. Uh, currently, you are a member of the Arizona Missions um uh, Corporation, Corporation British of Columbia. British Columbia, and uh, as am I, you are an instructor for BCREA, uh, you, and you are an instructor, f- uh, your courses are Acting for Buyers and Sellers, uh, Managing Disclosures and Trends and Issues in Real Estate. Uh, I am thrilled to have you here because you are uh, r- truly one of the most qualified, uh, not only managing brokers, but agents in the Victoria area. Uh, thanks for coming, Michael. Thanks, Tony. It's actually a, a great opportunity to speak with you and to, you know, talk about a topic that's really, really critical at this particular point in time. Yeah, so Kyle was going through some of the history and, and why we're here right now. Um, and the question that I've asked, and I'm going to ask you as well, too, because we're going to dig a little deeper into this. These changes here, what do they mean to an everyday consumer, somebody who's buying or selling real estate? Well, I, I think that the, uh, you know, the transaction of selling and buying real estate is very, very complicated. And uh, the, the nature of that has dealt with agency. And the reality is, is that I think that these changes are going to slow the process down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's going to have to be some explanation that takes place. And the practical reality is, is that the uh, real estate council through direction from the superintendent, has created a number of disclosure responsibilities and forms. Uh, The responsibilities have already been there, but the forms are there. But just to put this in context, there are five new forms, 
each one uh, probably uh, well two two sided pieces of paper, yeah. uh, and and that means that if you have a hundred thousand sales and a hundred thousand listings, which is approximately what we did last year in British Columbia, in British Columbia, seventy billion dollars worth of real estate. That means that there's probably over a million forms or pieces of paper that have been created through these new rules. Yeah. So that means that the consumer is going to be uh, inundated really with with paperwork that they have not had to fill out before. And we should make it clear, this is not paperwork about the property or about the the um, you know the condition of the house or, or whatever. This is paperwork having to do, do with the actual transaction. Yes, or the agency relationship. So now um, a buyer or a seller, uh, once they, and the wording that the council uses is start working with a real estate professional. The real estate professional has to present them with a form which is called the Disclosure of Representation and Trading Services. Mm-hmm. Consumers never had to have that. Well, they, they should have had it before and, and they have uh, been allowed to do it because it was called a soft um, a disclosure, yeah. not a hard disclosure. Well, let's bring that up right now because this is, this is you're referring to something called working with a realtor, which we have had since 1994, I think it is. Yes. Right? And it's a brochure that uh, consumers that realtors were supposed to present consumers at the earliest convenience. And uh, because I teach new licensees on the island here, I always bring up the question, have you sold or bought or sold real estate recently? And if you have, do you remember seeing this form? And honestly, 90% of uh, new licensees say, I don't remember that. That must be a new form. But it's been around since 1994. Yeah, and I think that the obligation has always been there. And and to tell you the truth, the responsibility prior to this form was to do it verbally. And many people know that uh, that those representations have been made, but it, because they call you their realtor yeah. or their agent, and if they do, then they know that there is a relationship that you have. Uh, what's going to take place now, though, is that the process is going to have to slow down. And I think consumers are going to be frustrated because... Uh, before you can start working with somebody, I have to pull out a four-page document and say, I have to explain this to you. This is a new rule. We have to slow the process down. You have to decide whether you're going to be a client or an unrepresented party. Uh, Okay, so let's work this through together because you and I were at a council workshop last Thursday because we're instructors, so we we have gone through this. We're on the air right now with uh, Michael Ziegler. He's the managing broker at Newport Realty, also an instructor for the British Columbia Real Estate Association. So talking about slowing down the process. So I'm just interested in your house. I'm a consumer. I call you up. I say, Michael, I'm interested in your house on 1234 Bank Street. Can you tell me about it? Yeah, and and I have no problem telling you about it as long as it's factual information. You like the size of the house, That's the right. age, and all I, that. I can right. provide all of that information, but I'll give you a disclosure at the same time. I'll tell you that my representation is 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 with the seller. Uh-huh. Like that's mo- who who I owe an obligation to. So Tony, just don't share any private information with me because if you do, I have a disclosure process I have to go through. All right, and and, you, and what kind of private information would that be? Well, for instance. Um, how much you can afford. Okay. You know, uh, how much you're, you're qualified for in terms of a mortgage. Uh, if you're transferred here, if you're going through a divorce. If, that's if, all private information. That's all private information. And so the reality is, is that if you share any of that information with me, I have to stop the conversation and I have to say I have a responsibility to give you a written disclosure 
of my responsibilities and the difference between being a client and an unrepresented party. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 a four-page document that I have to go through. Yeah, for anyone who's recently done uh, a transaction in real estate, uh, they might be familiar with the words client and customer. The word customer is often very confusing. Uh, Michael has just uh, brought up the new uh, <coughs> phrase, which is unrepresented buyer, right? Yeah, and and I think that uh, that I think it more aptly describes uh, the relationship, mm-hmm. and and so it's it's a matter of drawing the line between represented and unrepresented. Yeah. Well, so so here's a question for you. You, I called you on a listing. You're working on behalf of the seller. You're marketing their property, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I call you. I want to have a look at the property, but like you just mentioned, you don't want to know what my financial situation is. So how will you even find out if I I can afford the house? Well, that, that's private information, and uh, the reality of qualification can only take place after I've advised you of your rights as a consumer. Uh-huh. And that's the difference, uh-huh. is that uh, the licensee is deemed to be the professional. The consumer is deemed to be the individual who is unfamiliar with the real estate practice. It's costly. It's complicated. It's up to the real estate practitioner to set the stage. Mm -hmm. And government, by virtue of this particular form, has set out the process. So I have to slow the process down and I have to say, Tony, you're ignorant about the real estate transaction. You wouldn't use those words. No, right? I wouldn't. Yes. I wouldn't. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't say yeah. that you're 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 stupid. Yes. <laughs> uh, the uh, the reality is, though, I, I uh, have, not as well practiced as a realtor. Right. Yes. Yeah, and so I have to advise you before you mistakenly start blurting out things that would be uh, 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 well confidential information. Well, well, that's the thing, because what if, what if I start saying, "Oh, yeah, Michael, I just moved into town. You know, we're relocated. I've got a new job." You know, I want to be in this neighborhood because my kid's going to school here. Uh, what happens when somebody starts talking about that? Well, I mean, the, the reality is is that you have to understand as a consumer that my job is to represent the seller in this particular case. Yeah, your case. name's on the sign. And so I'm going to use all of that information to your disadvantage in, in the sense that I, can, I, I have to take it back to the seller uh, to negotiate the best possible transaction on their So behalf. basically I've just disclosed to the That's enemy. Right. That's right. Yeah. And so what, what I need to do is I need to slow it down. And I need to say, Tony, sorry, you've just, you, you've just shared confidential information with me. I have to show you this uh, 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 form, and I need to go through this disclosure process so that you understand what you are revealing to me so that you can... You, you can we can proceed with the right. well listen michael hold that thought because we need to take a break we're having a conversation about the changes in rules in real estate and how they affect you as consumers we'll be back in just a moment this is the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 thanks for coming back you're listening to the whole home show and i'm tony joe today we're talking about changes in real estate council rules as of June the 15th and how they will impact you as a consumer when you're thinking of either buying or selling real estate. In the studio with me today is the current president of the Victoria Real Estate Board, Kyle Kerr, and also Michael Ziegler, who is the managing broker of Newport Realty, uh, among other things. Uh, instructor of BCREA, you're on errors and emissions insurance, uh, and, and so many things. Uh, before the break, Michael, we were talking about slowing the process down and how a consumer might call you up as a realtor looking for information on the house, um, but you now, as of June the 15th, you do not want to receive confidential information from the consumer. 
Yeah, because it, what it does is it uh, it initiates a, a disclosure process, which is a paper process, yeah. which I think consumers could be very upset about. Well, Come, yeah, because if, if I'm the consumer, all I want to do is see the house. I'm like, what do you mean, Michael? I just want to see yeah. the house. Yeah, if you come to an open house and, and all of a sudden you say, I'm transferred here, I have to say, you know what, sorry, we have to slow the process down. I've got to pick out, you know, this form here and it's four pages and you've got to understand that you've just breached, yeah. you know, a confidentiality rule, which is yours. Yeah. And the consumer might, I could quite conceivably see they're going to be coming to open houses and say, don't bother me with the paperwork. Yeah. I've already been to two open houses and I've already had two people, you know, bring this out and want me to sign it. I don't want to do it. I just want to see the house. Mm -hmm. And the other part of that is, is that once you've done that disclosure, which is just basic, if they want to move towards actual a purchase of the property. Oh, and let's just say they don't have an agent, so they're an unrepresented buyer, what we're calling them now, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm the buyer. I don't have an agent. I go, Michael. I don't. I won't give you any confidential information. I don't have another agent. I just want to buy the house. Yeah, and and under those circumstances, there's another form, which has been devised, which is called the unrepresented in a real estate transaction form. Yeah. And uh, again, it's a four-page form. As speci specifically, is called the disclosure of risks to unrepresented parties. Correct. Right? Yeah. Yes. So there's risks involved. Well, yeah, because. Um, you're either represented or unrepresented. And if you're unrepresented, then you need to know that, which you've already been advised of because you've got the first form. And the second form then digs deeper and uh, is more particular with respect to uh, the issue at hand and whether or not you should proceed unrepresented to make an offer on a property. Well, having seen the forms, uh, I have to say, from a consumer standpoint, I mean, it, it's called the disclosure of, of risk to unrepresented parties. It actually, it, it is, it is worded such that it is very dangerous for a consumer to go in unrepresented to buy a property. It always has been. Yeah, uh, it's the nature of uh, of of the negotiating process. Except you, we if, didn't have these forms before. Well, we had a working with a realtor form, and it disclosed and described the customer relationship, but it did not do so in depth. Yeah, and I think that this form uh, really does describe the pitfalls in no uncertain terms. Uh, and if a uh, consumer decides to be an unrepresented party, which they can, mm -hmm. they understand that this is a a, a critical. Uh, uh, decision. Yeah, Kyle, I want to bring you in this uh, on this conversation here because you know many buyers are familiar with the action of okay, I don't have an agent, I'm just going to go call the listing agent directly because maybe I'm going to save money on the commission if there isn't another agent involved, right? Yes, yeah, we get uh, those calls all the time. Yes, you get those calls all the time. Yeah, right. So now. All of a sudden, it's going to be very clear that the listing agent is solely working for the seller. Correct. And that consumer will be will have to be unrepresented. There's no more limited dual agency. That's correct. So, yes, someone can still go direct to the list agent. But, yes, as Michael has just clearly explained, they will be unrepresented and they will have no protection. And, and that's one thing that the superintendent has said is that some of these rules are actually to push people to have more representation. They would prefer to see everyone with their own sole representative to make sure that someone is looking out for their best interests at all times. Yeah, because, you know, you started the conversation today talking about what happened in Vancouver and how um, a handful of agents really were doing this whole flipping double ending. They were making double commissions all over the place. This is how this all started. Um, but in actuality, 
first of all, we very rarely saw that here in Victoria, right? Correct. Right. But secondly, see, I don't think this is a bad thing, these changes, because um, I feel that agents have been misusing limited dual agency for years anyways. Yes, that's that's the understanding. And as you guys talked about the former working with the realtor form, I think a lot of agents would just move into limited dual because they didn't know how to properly tread the line of working with someone who is unrepresented, giving them the proper disclosures and everything else. I think it's some that I'm very comfortable with. Most of our buyers that we work with are in under exclusive buyers agency. And that's generally the conversation we would have with people is, you know, we want you to be a client of ours. Um, but with these new rules, yes, well, it'd be a, a lot of a slower process and a more thorough conversation. You know, thanks for bringing that up now. So buyer agency so this is something that is not brand new it's actually called the buyer agency exclusive contract correct and it's been around for years right michael yeah and i don't think it's used very often only about five percent but yeah. i think that uh, going forward it will be very much a document that is going to be front and center because as soon as you make the disclosure and say you're either my client or you're an unrepresented party uh, and and you understand the consequences of that because if you're my client as a buyer, for instance, and I list a property, I can't represent both of you. Yeah. Uh, so the reality is is that if I move forward with you as a buyer in the future, uh, I want to know that that there is a relationship that we have, and that there is a c contractual obligation between the two of us for the responsibility I have as your agent. Okay. So now you're talking from the context of the agent, right? Correct. Okay, so now what I am also seeing with all of these sweeping changes right now is I think that consumers will start seeing the benefit of actually having their own buyer agent under contract. Well, there's no question because the reality is is that, that they, they have and can demand complete loyalty from their own agent. Yeah. And the responsibility is very serious, right? They have to hold all their information confidential. They have to negotiate on their behalf. They have to fully disclose all relevant information. And, and the reality there is, is that that's the type of person you want in your court. That agent, that, yeah. yeah. So, so here's one of the things that, that comes up every once in a while. I think maybe some of the listeners could, could uh, um, uh, this, re this might resonate with, but every once in a while we bump into consumers, we say, who's your agent? They go, well, I'm not sure. I think it's Bob, it might be, you know, John. Uh, and then I would go and speak to John and go, hey, your buyers, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Smith came in. Well, I'm not really sure if they're my client because I've only met them once and I haven't really, you know, they have not formalized a, um, uh, a, a professional relationship. They haven't sat down and gone through the services and expectations of each other. That's kind of how our industry has operated for, for years. And I think this is one of the things that will be changing moving forward. I, I think so. Uh the, the difficulty, I think, is the practical application. Yeah, this whole these, stopping the these, process. These and the are forms. concepts which are quite complicated. Yeah. Uh, they require explanation, and they require a fairly high degree of explanation and understanding. And the reality is the, the consumer may get frustrated with that. And, and I can see that, that they may indeed be frustrated, and they may just say, you know, get that paperwork away from me. Yeah. Uh, all I want to do is get, have you either sell the property, show me a property, or write a contract. Well, and, he, and therein lies the difficulty because I think there might be licensees that try to do the shortcut and not do the disclosure and paperwork, but consumers need to know that those people are contravening the rules of their industry. Yeah, in the, in the jargon of the... Uh of somebody I, I once hung around with, he says that the cheese has moved. 
Yeah. We've, we've gone from driving a car to riding a motorcycle. That's the, that is the significant change. And if, you're, if you've never ridden a motorcycle, you're going to fall off. Yeah. And so the reality is, is that these forms and structure uh, are, are new. And they have to be followed and they have to be done properly, which requires uh, time and attention. Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, I have to say the the three of us, we, we are going to be uh, putting together a workshop in coming days because we want to make sure that good agents are fully understanding the process and, and uh, making sure that they're looking out for their consumers' uh, best interests. These are things that we have to do, right? Well, as professionals, yep. it, you have to rise to the occasion. And by the way, in the 40 years that I've been doing this, this hasn't been the first change. No, uh, <laughs> yes. We've gone through uh, three... Uh, different forms of agency, and every time uh, it comes along with a whole new way of doing business. Uh, I think that what we need to do is stop uh, stop complaining about uh, the change and yeah. get on with the positive aspects. Well, you know, you've been in 43 years. I've been in 27. i got to say, I was there for all those changes, so there's a lot of changes. Uh, Kyle? And I just think one other thing for consumers to be aware of is we've been talking about buyer's agency, and so you, you decide to, you know, enlist with me as your buyer's agent. Um, but the, ch the challenge will be uh, is if I get a listing. So we've been looking for three or four months. I finally get a listing myself that perfectly works for you. Because of this ban on limited dual agency, there will be a situation that will come up where now I cannot represent either of you yeah. uh, personally. So at that point, what will need to happen is that I will need to refer most likely my buyer out to another professional, and hence why we're doing the workshop um, and working with those professional other other professional colleagues, is that one at least one of the parties will be have to refer it out to another third-party realtor, and at that time there will be another form that will need to be signed allowing us to end that agency relationship and for you to work. Well, I've lost track of forms now all of a sudden. i got to yeah, write this down. Yeah, <laughs> so there's just, there's going to be some situations when, and so I would say, you know, talk to your local realtor. If you have a realtor, you've worked with before, please reach out to them as soon as possible so they can help help you understand well, these changes. What you're getting at, though, is there may be instances where a consumer, say if I was buying, a consumer might not be able to use the agent that they're used to using because of a conflict. Correct. If you, if Michael was your agent and then Michael gets a listing that you really liked, but because he has a relationship with the seller, he has he's going to have to drop one of the two of you and in some situations possibly both. Yeah. And so that's something that consumers need to be very aware for and that's one thing where I find that consumers might feel a little bit of a rub as well. Yeah, yeah I think they're going to get kind of frustrated with that. But there is one thing, Tony, that I don't, and, and I'm sure you've mentioned this before, but we always have the impression that that this business is is challenged and certainly from the publicity that we we have out there so i always like to make mention of this you know last year we did 103,000 successful transactions 70 billion dollars in the province of british columbia 25,000 real estate practitioners less than a thousand complaints yeah. so i i just like to keep the perspective on things this is not an industry that's running amok mm -hmm. this is an industry although the media kind of makes it look that way yeah but this is a very well regulated very responsible industry and uh, there may be a few bad apples and they've gotten the publicity but i think i want to remind the public that People like you and I and, and, and Kyle, who are in here as professionals for the long term, try to do the right thing all the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that represents the majority of real estate practitioners, not the minority. Yeah, I'm glad you bring those stats up. You would know. I mean, you're the, uh, on the errors and emissions insurance. You get all the nasty cases, right? 
Well, we do, and you know, even there, the number of uh, of uh, lawsuits that uh, that come forward is 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 small. If you compare us to the legal community, oh. I don't think you want me to do that. <laughs> do you? Yeah. Well, listen. Thanks for coming, both of you, um, uh, Michael. If people need to reach you, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach me through Newport Realty at two five zero three eight five two zero three three, and uh, happy to answer any questions they might have. Great. And I'm going to do a shout out to you as well, too, because any new licensee thinking of getting into the business should think about visiting Michael because of all the managing brokers in town. You you guys do a really good job of staying on top of all of the activities of your licensees, which is important for a new licensee. Well, you know, as an independent, we can do that. <laughs> Great. Uh, Kyle, uh, uh, the Real Estate Board. Uh, yes. So the Real Estate Board is vreb.org, V-R-E-B.org, 250-385-7766. And just wanted to say, I took one of Michael's agency courses, I think my first year in the business and it set the groundwork for me and I just recommend that to all the realtors out there take either one of your buyers agency <laughs> courses or one of Michael's agency courses thanks Kyle thank you both for joining thank you the listeners for listening in uh, I'm Tony Joe I'll be here for you this time next week